Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to Lore Watch, a roundtable freeform discussion about lore and World of Warcraft. And maybe at some point some other games. Not this week, though. I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch. And I've got both of my wonderful co-hosts with me today. First up... Let's go the other way around and introduce Joe first. Hey, Joe, how's it going? Well, hi there. Everything is going fantastic. And then, of course, we've got our other lore author on the site. That would be Matt Rossi. Hey, Matt. Hey, I have to always make sure I click that button. <laughs> don't, don't just don't start talking and then hit the button. Hit the button first. It was weird. I called you Matt, and as soon as I did that, I'm like, that felt strange coming out of my mouth because you're always Rossi. Yeah, no one... <laughs> It's very funny. The only people who like ever ever get comfortable calling me Matt were like my mom. Like ever <laughs> since then, it's basically Ben Rossi or Matthew. Like my grandmother called me Matthew, and that always made me feel like I was in trouble because my mom calling me Matthew was a sign that I'd done something bad. And when all the names came out, I knew I was really in trouble. I like, think I always call you Rossi because at the time that I got hired, there were so many Matts and Mikes. Oh yeah, we had so employed. many. Of that we, had, we had three mats, and we still do have th- the three mats that we had. No, we don't. Uh, yeah, we have we Matt don't. Walsh. We have Matt Walsh, Maticus, and me. We but we don't have McCurley. There was also Matt McCurley. Yeah, that. Yeah. But he wasn't. He was actually. Yeah, he was here, wasn't he? he yeah, he was. Guess. He got hired like right before I did. I don't think of him as a Matt because he's only one T. <laughs> <laughs> I, he's a McCurley. Like, I All right, you hear that? You hear that, McCurley? I know you listen to this. I know you do. <laughs> You're not a real Matt, just so you know. Oh, no. <laughs> According to Rossi. All yeah. right. That's why he was all these the auxiliary head. When we were Matt, Matt, the two-headed ogre, he was the secondary head. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you want to pull he McCurley out. Called, that's how you call you McCurley out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. So moving on, we actually did get an email. We've, I've had this email sitting in my inbox for a couple of weeks now, and it was a couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it's been a couple of weeks now um, from Connor, who had a question for us. And I figured, OK, we will go ahead and make that the topic today. 
So uh, Connor says, I was wondering if yourself, Rossi, and Perez could discuss the topic of the aspects. I know their history is probably well known to your listeners already. However, I'm incredibly curious as to their role in Legion now that they're technically mortal. Question mark. What is their purpose now, do you think? Also, with the recent news of Ysera, Rathion nowhere to be seen and the lack of Blue Dragonflight anymore, are the Dragonflights even a thing in Azeroth anymore? Um, which is actually, it's a really good question. It's a really good series of questions. And I don't think we really need to go over the Aspects history so much as maybe talk about Cataclysm and what happened in Cataclysm and what was revealed in Cataclysm. Okay. Um, Before we get started, though, can I like say I feel like I finally made it because I was included in an email for once. Like, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> okay, with that, I'm going to stop talking. Joe, it's you. No. <laughs> so, I mean, do we want to go with the, the, the entirety of Cataclysm or do we want to just focus on the end point? Well, we kind of want to I, – I, what I want to talk about is that Cataclysm had a lot of reveals as far as the aspects were concerned, particularly – um, their purpose on Azeroth, like what they were put there for, and that was all revealed in a short story that was released near the end of the expansion. You read that one, right, Joe? I believe I did, yes. Okay, so yeah, why don't you go ahead and lead us off and talk about it, Perez? <laughs> and I hate... Uh, <laughs> God, I'm on the spot. Damn it! Um, no, I'm sorry. And you go ahead. Just Alright, I'll go. Go, uh, Rossi. Basically, during the uh, events of Cataclysm, one of the things we found out was that when they were created... Uh, each of the aspects was given a purpose by the the uh, Titan that empowered them. Uh, for instance, Nosdormu was empowered by Amon Thul, who is the High Father of the Pantheon. Uh, Neltharion was empowered by Kazgaroth, the Shaper. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think it was Ianar who empowered Alexstrasza. And that was Ianar, yeah. Yeah, and I don't remember, and I feel really bad that I don't remember, but I don't remember who empowered Ysera. Ysera um, was Ianar as well. And I, I think um, I know that um, Nor- uh, what do you call it? Um, Norganon. Norganon was the one who empowered uh, Malagos because of the connection to magic. Yeah, Ianar was both Alexstrasza and Ysera. Okay, yeah. Well, you need another woman on the team, Titans. You've got you've got one woman and like sixteen guys. You you need to like broaden this out. I'm just pointing out to you that you don't have enough. But um, basically. Each of them was given a purpose, even Neltharion, and it can be argued that Neltharion delivered on his purpose, really. Uh, he was kind of given a job that was the crappiest of all possible jobs, in that he had to take, you know, he had to be in charge of the Earth, which itself was being corrupted by the old gods at the time, because the Titans decided to stick them in there. And so he kind of, he got boned. But, but each of them was given this purpose, and Cataclysm basically was their purposes being fulfilled, for lack of a better word. Each one of them came together, uh, and they had somebody replace uh, Neltharion, obviously, because he was a little bit Deathwing-y at the time. He wasn't quite... He, was, he wasn't on script anymore. So they had Thrall stand in for him, but and the, they did a ritual, basically, to empower the Dragon Soul, if I'm not... And this whole the whole Dragon Soul thing, man, I, I, that... that uh, does anyone have a good, concise description of that, or do I have to just try and rant through it? Cause... The Dragon Soul, Neltharion created the Dragon Soul because the old god said, hey, you should make a thing. You should make a really powerful thing that makes you way more powerful than any of the other aspects, because they, they're going to turn on you, man. And they made Neltharion really paranoid. So he created this Dragon Soul thing. He created this artifact. And this was all during the War of the Ancients. And he took it to the Dragonflights and he said, okay, all this stuff that's going on with those crazy Night Elves and that Burning Legion thing, I have a shiny 
that can help us defeat them. But we need to empower it. And we need to empower it with the power from all of the dragon flights, like all together. And I'm calling it the dragon soul and it'll be really cool. Okay, guys. So my flight's already done all of this. I need you guys to, you know, siphon some of your power. All of the dragon flights went ahead and put like a bit of their power into this artifact. And when they did so, the artifact wasn't actually, I mean, yes, did it, did it, did it blow up the burning legion? Yes. But at the same time, it also held power over every dragon that had put a piece of themselves into it. So, um, Naltharian was the only one who hadn't put any of his own essence into the thing. So with it, he was a lot, he, he, he was able to control the different dragon flights and the other dragon flights, since an essence of, or a piece of themselves was in this artifact, they weren't able to wield the thing themselves. They couldn't touch it. They couldn't do anything with it. So after the war of the ancients, Malfurion pretty much, he hid this thing away and it was later found and brought back together. And that was in a novel that, you really don't need to read. <laughs> but long story short, what happened was this dragon soul thing was like the only thing powerful enough to uh, put a halt to the hour of twilight. And the none of the, since none of the dragons could actually like wield the thing, they asked Thrall, who had tracked down Nose Dormu and brought him out of hiding in his own novel, Thrall Twilight of the Aspects. I really recommend it. Um, they asked Thrall if he could take the place of Naltharion, essentially, and wield the dragon soul for them. But first, and this is the part that always is hard to explain to people. Right. They they had to cheat to get it because yeah. it, Ronan had destroyed the thing. It then destroyed, like obliterated. Released, yeah. Released the power of it back to the aspect so they could fight uh, Deathwing on a fair keel, basically without him having full power and them all being at like three quarters. Uh, so... As a result of that, the thing was gone. It was it was blown into bits. There was not it could not be reconstructed, and so they were like, "What do we do? We need it, but we don't have it." And Zdorm was like, "You know that thing where I'm in charge of time? We're just gonna go back and get it." But before we can't. But we can't yeah. go back right away because the infinite dragonflight has locked down all of the timeways, and the only place that we could travel to right now is this ubiquitous future where everything's gone crazy called end time so i need you guys to go to the end time and deal with murazond who is me from the future corrupted put an end to me and that will open all of the timeways and allow you to go back in time and yeah. get the dragon soul so like th that, this was the definition of wibbly wobbly it was very start. much very much the fun part about it is still trying to figure out if it's even possible to happen but that's a digression he sends us to do that then he sends us back in time to basically raffle stomp our way through um, demons. Queen Ashara quickly. We, we have a quick run on Queen Ashara. Finally, we, we beat, um, of all people, we beat Manoroth. Actual, <laughs> honest to God, Manoroth. We beat him in a fight, and we go get we get the dragon soul. We don't actually even touch it. We never touch the dragon soul. Nordstormer shows up, kind of yoinks it, and but doesn't even touch it himself. He just t temporally displaces it, and Thrall gets it. Then we have to escort Thrall to the tower because here's where things get weird. The dragon flights need Thrall to basically serve as their earth anchor because he's a very powerful shaman and he's in touch with the element of earth. Uh, but, but also, as Ian pointed out, they need him to basically fill in for Deathwing. So while he's trying to do that, he and Deathwing kind of have a little psychic meeting where they sort of run into each other. And Deathwing is like, 
they're gonna you know you, you're not you don't understand uh i'm totally doing the right thing i know everybody always tells you that just before they do something unspeakably evil but i'm seriously i'm doing the right thing because they're all gonna turn on you man and they're like they did to me so i'm gonna kill you now like it's gonna hurt a lot and you'll be dead but they get they manage to free thrall before he actually gets death deaded by deathwing but as a result of that contact deathwing inadvertently makes thrall the perfect conduit because they've basically been linked for a moment like he he's actually touched thrall with his his power over earth you know he's sort of in a strange way he makes thrall his substitute so he they, showed thrall what it was like to be the aspect of earth do you ever wonder you ever wonder about that in particular and this is just kind of like a quick sidebar we talked about this before with some like the Titanic Watchers and things like that. Do you think there was like a moment of clarity in Deathwing's like madness where he was just like, you know what? I know what's going to happen, but I'm going to do this anyway. Well, here's the fun part, right? And and this is kind of what I want to get into here. According to the aspects, their whole purpose, the reason they were brought into being was to prevent the hour of twilight from happening. The whole reason that the Hour of Twilight is happening is because there was an aspect of Earth appointed who went mad. So, in a way, isn't Neltharion actually doing the right thing? Because wasn't he predestined to do this to begin with? And is that why he's so resentful? Is that why he turned to the old gods? Well, I always find myself wondering if whether or not... He doesn't strike me as resentful. I mean, insane a lot of the time. And malevolent some of the time, but resentful, I don't know if resentful is the right word. I mean, I guess it kind of is. He certainly feels, you know, this task is not one anyone should have been asked to do, but it was given to me. Uh, You find yourself wondering why they gave it to him. Did they give it to him because he was weak and they knew he would break? Or did they give it to him because he was strong enough to last until the hour of twilight? Like, if they'd made Malagos the aspect of Earth, would he have broken a lot sooner? And that's another thing to wonder about. This is the thing I've always wondered. If, they, if the aspects were all appointed to prevent the Hour of Twilight, including Neltharion, does that mean that had they not been appointed, the Hour of Twilight would have happened without any of them? Was something else going to bring that moment about, something that wasn't an aspect? And would that thing have been unstoppable? Like, well, these are and the I things I wonder about. I think you hit something really interesting about the, the strength of Neltharion, and, and, and that's why he was chosen. Because let's look at some of the other aspects, right, and some of the, the weird crap that they've gone through. Um, we have Narzdamu, who's having an identity identity crisis and disappears and does his thing. Uh, we have, you know, uh, what's her name? Uh, Yasara, who is caught in the dream trying to combat something that, you know, has been going on for since we started playing the game. So almost a decade at this point and possibly longer. She just started becoming a thing in Cataclysm. Like before then, she was not present at all uh you have alex draza who's had her own trials and tribulations to deal with on a personal level that have taken her out of the game for so long the entire time though deathwing natharian has always been doing he's always been on the same path nothing has deviated him from that even with the corruption of the old gods and you kind of wonder too because if the titans they know about the old gods they know that they're there they that, that's the whole thing we know this we've talked about this previously they know that the old gods are going to try to go for something powerful right that's their power play that's always their power play. i think the titans may have had some foresight here they may have realized this and they may have specifically made or empowered deathwing or Neltharion to be that everlasting force and maybe that's why he went crazy because he knew in the end that this was going to be his you know this was going to be his fate 
Like, well, plus, he was going to die. He knew it. The other thing is, we talked about it before, and Anne, Anne talked about it too, and so I'll probably want to like have her shift in when she when I get to my point. Just there's that the fact that they had Nosdormu means they had somebody who was constantly working to make sure time went a specific way. Mm-hmm. The whole there's one true timeline, although others may have it different. They're they're trying to get. It's like they set up they set up um, Neltharion to fail, then they set up Nosdormu to make sure he gets there, and. The, the dead time thing, you know, the end time thing always interests me because then they have evil, crazy Nosdormu who still calls to Amon Thul when he dies. And it's like he exists to make sure we only the people who get through him get to go back to the War of the Ancients and get the Dragon Soul. Do you know what I mean? It's like he, he exists to provide us the means to do it and to be the gate checker. Like you, if you can't, you have to be at least this powerful to ride this ride back to the War of the Ancients. Which makes sense, too, and that fits in going into to Legion a little bit, too. Um, I don't know if this counts as a mini-spoiler artifact weapons. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be talking spoilers at the end of the show. Well, I was just going to say, but it fits, too, with how they have stuff set up for the artifact weapons going into Legion with that same mentality. Yeah, where we have proven ourselves as worthy enough to wield yeah. these ancient weapons of great power and magnitude and all that other stuff. Um but anyway, it's like since the t- the hour twilight, we should talk about actually what happened, what the hour twilight was. Well, I was gonna say, I the reason why I say that Deathwing kind of resented the Titans, uh, there was a short story that they put on the website called uh, "Charge of the Aspects," and I have it in front of me. Um, and Deathwing had in it that's that's where Deathwing and Thrall have that kind of psychic link conversation thing, and in it he's talking to Thrall and he says. Like coward, or he says, I know that the other aspects have stayed and hijacked a scheme and that you are with them. Like cowards, they've lured you into this fate without your knowledge intent on making my curse your own. And Thrall says, What you were given was a gift, not a curse. And Deathwing says, A gift? You're as misguided as the other aspects, too fool to recognize that the charges imposed upon us are nothing more than prisons. There's no purpose to what the Titans do. Azeroth was an experiment to the Titans, a plaything. When they were done, they turned their backs on us all, indifferent to the broken world that they left behind. And Thrall's sitting here going, it's it's not broken because of what you... It's broken. The whole reason the world is broken is because of what you've done, because you for, forsook your gift. And Deathwing says, it's not a gift. And that's when he shows Thrall what it was to be Aspect of Earth to feel the earth crushing you indefinitely to have to live within it. (laughs) And that's where that whole link comes into play. So it's almost like this confrontation had to exist. That's the thing that kind of gets me. So the hour of twilight is basically the end of all life. The old gods win. It's the final countdown. Um, I believe old Traxian was involved, correct? Well, he was supposed to to kill all the aspects and use their power in some way. Yeah, there's like the whole thing about he's the ultimate weapon against the aspects. Like the the the, the twilight power he is using, it's, it's like a, an enhanced version of the other twilight drakes that we see. He's like they a chromatic tr- drake that has been yeah. infused with the netherwing, and the chromatic drakes are ones that have been pieced together, like cobbled together from parts of all of the other dragon flights. Yeah, what was the other one? Chromatus? Was that the one that they had Chromatus, to basically just yeah. lock up? Yeah. Uh, for whatever reason, the chromatic drakes basically they they have effective immunity to the to the the, the various colored dragons, so the aspects couldn't fight him. 
Well, it's kind of like the whole. And it's because they're, they're cobbled together. They're, yeah, they're cobbled together. It's they are the physical. Okay, so you know how the dragon soul was this artifact that they kind of siphoned part of their powers into. The chromatic drakes are actually created from the genetic material of every dragonfly. They are a living physical manifestation. They're like little mini dragon souls walking around, if you want to put it that way. So Ultraxian was meant to kill all the aspects and usher in the hour of twilight. Cause once the aspects are dead, that's Azeroth's defenders out and the old gods are free to just kind of run rampant and destroy everything and bring about the end time that we saw when we traveled to the future. Um, what's interesting to me though, is that this hour of twilight wouldn't exist if the dragon flights hadn't been created in the first place. So it's yeah. like this whole thing is a self-fulfilling prophecy, this cycle that's what makes me think that they set it up so that we'd have an hour of twilight we could take. Right. You know what I mean? It feels like, well, the old gods are going to do something, but if we can control exactly what they do, if we can make them hit here or metaphorically, then we can be, def we can prepare for the, the hit. We're going to lure them into this kind of trap cycle situation. Yeah. And they even set it up, like, the thing I keep saying I find fascinating about characters like Ysera and Nosdormu is, Ysera sees the future. She has visions. She knows what's going to happen because she has dreams and visions of them. Uh, Nosdormu knows what's going to happen because he's there. Like, Nosdormu is fascinating because, in effect, he knows exactly when he was going to die. He always did. He knows the, the beginning of his life. He knows the end of his life. And he knows all the points in between and can cooperate with himself. Like, do you remember the uh, original... Uh, War of the Ancients novels? Yeah. Uh, when Nosdormu, the time anomaly happens and Nosdormu can only hold time together by basically enlisting himself. Yep. Like, and the thing is, is people misunderstand. He's not pulling alternate Nosdormus in. He's he just, just exists at every point. Every, every Nosdormu along the way is like, oh, it's time for me to do that thing that prevents the universe from being destroyed. And that's why he's not – I always feel like Nosdormu is not actually hiding and he's not reclusive. He's just busy. He's like, when he says, I, I'm occupied with other matters, he literally means, okay, right about now I have to go and keep the universe from being destroyed. And, and I'll have to do this throughout time because it'll be happening. It's a time anomaly. It happens all the time. So I have to be there all the time. I, but you, you see what I mean? Every, about, like, every second of every hour of every day, Nosdormu exists. And yes. each second is a different Nosdormu. But it's the same guy He's at the same infinite. time. He is yeah. infinite. Yeah, and that's why that's what I find fascinating about they set up Neltharion as their Judas figure. They set him up with the task that he can't possibly succeed at, but he's strong enough to endure it the longest. They set up calling him Ysera. a Judas figure is just kind of like my yeah. mind just did crazy things. You've got Ysera, who's essentially the, for lack of a word, she's the visionary. She's the one who will see. What should happen? What should be? She's got the Emerald Dream as the kind of this is the perfect world. This is the corruption in it. That you know, she's she sits there at the divide between them. You've got Nizdormu as the guy who is going to make sure the channel follows the exact right path to get to the conclusion they want. And then you've got Alex Straza who is just basically making sure that life gets there. Yeah, you keep existing. And Malagos' role is fascinating because I really feel like Malagos was intended to die exactly as he did at yeah. the time he did because Malagos is, this, is the magical force, right? Magic is what makes Azeroth so att attractive to the Legion, correct? Yeah. But One would imagine, yeah. You need the Legion not to be there at the Hour of Twilight. They can't be. They, if the Legion shows up at the Hour of Twilight, whoop, 
you imagine if we'd been in the middle of Cataclysm and the Legion thing started? Like and by Le- pulling the and by pulling the the ley lines all over the place and by siphoning the magic back, basically, for lack of a better term, making them not as concentrated as they were. Lower it, the attractiveness. It it's lowers like, the attractiveness by taking it off the radar of the Legion, albeit poisons, temporarily. Plus, the thing is, is they had the the, fir- the third the third war happens at a perfect moment where there are no aspects currently available to do anything. So you make the world in such a way that the aspects will be gone at a, pr- a crucial moment to lure the Legion in, but there are defenders and there's uh, you know there's guardians and there's there's you know for lack of a better word there's ancients all waiting. You basically gamble that they can they can stem off a Legion invasion long enough for the hour of twilight to happen and then you're done. Whatever happens it's like after. there's these it's oh, like man. there's these test scenarios that happen and they have to happen if- in a certain order for everything to progress as planned. And what we saw in Cataclysm, what we saw at the apex of Cataclysm when when we fought Deathwing, the madness of Deathwing, and all of the aspects, all as one, channeled all their powers and and put them down for good, that was the culmination of a perfectly planned cycle that the Titans had put in place when they imbued the aspects at like the dawn of Azeroth's history. You Every one of the aspects has a thing that they say at that moment. And the one that always stuck with me was Nor's Dormos. Because Nor's Dormos do I will bind every moment, every thread, now, here. What happens here will never be undone. And it's like, at that point, he, he basically gives up. They, they all give up being aspects at that point, right? Yeah, That's, the powers yeah, they, they, are pretty they, they much siphoned up, yeah. away. Yeah. So, at that moment, Nor's Dormos stops controlling the flow of time that he has been controlling since he was empowered some 25,000 years or so before, whenever it was. At that moment, he basically, you have the one true timeline up until that moment. And from that moment on, he he no longer, it's, whatever. That to me is like this fascinating bit because it just, it completely changes. You're talking before how it's almost like a predestination paradox. Like everything happens the way it happened because it was ordained to happen. And that means these people were, had to go crazy and had to suffer and everything had to happen in order to get to this moment. And then after that moment, Ysera's awake, Nosdormu is just another dragon, and the future is going. Ours. You know, that makes me wonder, right? So we talked a lot about the the ordering of Azeroth, the Titans, and then how that bled into the, the aspects. And this this whole discussion has made me think of something. What if this was all part of the long game of the Titans? Like you, you're talking about that predisposition, that the predestination. Well, yeah. What if that was the case? But what if that was all part of their long game to get us in a position where we are that one singular entity, the one singular planet that now has a chance to thrive as a result of that? Because they set up how many worlds, and those worlds fell to. It's not just that we gone. have a chance to thrive. We it's have a, been tested. We have been it's, trained. It's we have been that powered we up. have a chance to defeat the Burning Legion. Yes. Now we but are fact, powerful think, enough like, to do that. Think of it what this way: that was their end game. <laughs> well, think of it this way, though. Maybe it's not so much an end game. Is the Titans are are incredibly intelligent beings, and they seem to love test scenarios. So they the way that they view the universe seems to be an awful lot like a, a shell game, or uh, you know, there's a thing called Code Green. Uh, Code Green was a, a thing the U.S. military had planned. It was the invasion of Canada. And they didn't come up with Code Green because they wanted to invade Canada. They came up with Code Green because they come up with codes for all sorts of scenarios. The Titans are like that times infinity. Like, they have every scenario plotted out. They know how likely... In fact, when we beat Algalon, one of the things he points out is that we defeated them 
despite their knowledge of everything. Yeah. Despite the Titans, you know, and I honestly feel like they know that's their weak spot. The Titans know our problem is that we are extremely predictable and that the old gods are extremely unpredictable. We don't know what they're going to do. Now, what do we need? We tried to, we, we had one guy who tried to be unpredictable and look at him. He's currently out burning planets into cinders. Here's my, here's yeah. my, oh man. Okay. So the old gods, it says in, what was that? What was that called? The thing up near Old War that you had to walk Rand Bronzebeard through. Halls of Stone or Halls of Lightning? Halls of Stone, I think it was. Are you talking about the, the, the tribunal of archives? Yeah. The tribunal of ages, that one. Okay. Um, when you go through there, and he's he's there, he asks the computer thing, and the computer thing says that the Titans couldn't destroy Azeroth because the old gods, like the infestation, was like it was too far gone. And if they had destroyed the planet, then they destroy the old gods. Or if they destroyed the old gods, they destroy the planet too. What if that wasn't because like the old gods had what what if that was all because they had on Azeroth they took the old gods into that calculation? Well, I was just thinking that too. Like so well, we we talked about the curse of flesh before and we talked about the old gods and their their infection of chaos into the perfect order of the Titans. We know that the Titans ordered Azeroth by incorporating the land into the creatures that they built. What if that was entirely intentional because they knew, like you said, that they were predictable, that they were, that that was their entire problem is that the Legion was basically an agent of chaos as were the, you know, the, the old gods, but the, the Titans were just this perfectly ordered, predictable thing and giving life to something that has elements of order, but also is touched by chaos that makes them unpredictable. I, I, I is what feel they were going like all along. Right. I feel like what the Titans are doing when they're creating worlds right now is they're trying to create a weapon that can take Sargeras down. And in order to do that successfully, they finally realized we need to incorporate chaos. And they did that. Well, they did that deliberately because... on Azeroth. They did that deliberately on Azeroth. They imprisoned the old gods and they imprisoned the old gods within the earth to incorporate it in there, to put that element of chaos in there. Like this was all planned. Like the whole thing was planned with, okay, the, intent, powered, yeah. with the intent that they would put this program into play. This program being the hour of twilight, this grand experiment with the aspects and everything else. And once that cycle worked through, they would have something that had the potential to defeat the burning legion. They would have something that would bring the final Titan into play because we're going to yeah. talk about Rathion because he mentioned it in the email anyway. Why don't we just do that now? We move on because quickly we, we mentioned that the, the very fact that the aspects exist is the Titans using mortal creatures in their plan. Right. Because the aspects started out as proto drakes. Yeah. So let's talk about Rathion and the final Titan and what that might have to do with any of this. Cause that was that, that throwaway line, which is definitely not a throwaway line that had so much to do with everything that's going on. And it, and it kind of lends itself to this conversation that we're having. Yeah, well, really brief. Then we should cover Rathion really fast. Rathion is the result of, of a red dragon. Uh, Riastraza. Was that her name? Riastraza, yes. She basically took several black dragon eggs that were regular old-fashioned black dragon eggs. She took them, yeah. They were corrupted. She took them into a titanic artifact that was lost near Uldamon, which is itself a titan facility that that comes in later, and used the the device to basically create an uncorrupted dragon egg out of it. 
And that dragon egg was then hidden from Deathwing, who who was very offended because, you know, corrupted, we're perfect. And, you know, he, he killed Riastraza for her presumption, but the egg was spared and it hatched into Rathion. Now, Rathion is he, at this point, uh, how old? Three? He's, yeah, he's like three or four now. Yeah. He was he, three year old, three years old, or no, he was two. He was two in Missa Pandaria. He said that so he, he was two. So he's three now, going on four. Um, he's young. But it doesn't matter. He doesn't have that corruption, that corruption that was inherent to everybody else in the Black Dragonflight. And that corruption being, was, you know, the influence of the old gods. He's free of that. He's not, he's a Black Dragon, yes, but he was, it's like, it's like they kind of jump started. When we created Rathion, we did what happened way back when, when the aspects were first created. We used Titan magic titan artifacts and, to create this thing and not to mention i mean he eats the heart of the thunder king which is you know thriving with or through with titanic power at that point too well so, that's I mean, the funny part is like the entire time through missa pandaria rathion was absolutely fascinated with anything that had to do with titan magic he had us collecting titan runestones he had us he had he had his followers going around looking at the waters in the veil of eternal blossoms um, and we've already talked about that before, where it's potentially that the water and the veil was something that the Titans used to craft life and yeah. shape life. Um, but yeah, what happens is Rathion eventually has you kill the Thunder King and bring his heart. And Rathion eats the heart, and then he goes into this trance, and he says, in a world, in, in, in a voice that is not his own, he says, We have fallen. We must rebuild the final Titan. Do not forget. And then later on, he says something along the lines of, they've forgotten. Yeah, he said, it's gone. I don't remember any of it. Oh, none of them remembered. The irony. <laughs> yeah. Which is a strange thing to say if you don't remember it. That you know, it's I don't remember it, but man, it's funny that they don't remember it. Who are they? I don't know. Yeah, we don't, Look, and we don't get any further clarification than that. And he says this in front of Anduin. So Anduin, Anduin knows something weird happened here. He doesn't. Anduin can't even begin to fathom what's going on yeah. here. Rathion doesn't quite fathom what's going on here, and Rathion's the one who's looking into it all. There's one thing we know that I don't even know if, if Rathion knows. When he ate the Thunder King's heart, he knows this. That heart wasn't truly the Thunder King's. That heart was Rodan. Yeah, and he said, he, he said that it was filled with Titan magic, the language of creation. But, but what we find out, we I think at this point we have to move to the spoiler round. Um, yeah, let's so, go ahead yeah. and do that. So, um, Joe actually needs to talk because he has to talk about the elemental shaman weapon. Okay, has- well, first off, first off, let's go ahead and just wrap it up here. If you aren't interested in listening to spoilers or anything like that, we're going to go ahead and cut it off here. Anything after this point is going to be spoilers. So we should say goodbye to the people who want to be spoiler free. So goodbye, guys. Joe. Goodbye, awesome. guys that don't want to be spoiler Hey. We'll see you later. And from this point on, we are actually going to talk Legion spoilers. So, Joe, uh, one of the artifacts, obviously, is the Fist of Raden. So, you want to talk about that? A little bit. So, if if you read on the site, I just wrote a little bit about this. It's actually really cool. Um, So, in Legion, Shaman, one of the the elemental Shaman weapon is the Fist of Raden. It's literally what was given to Raden by Amon Thul to help shape and create life. Um, this is Ra used it to bestow life on the Mogu race, and he wielded it in battle against the Black Empire. Which, but what's interesting here is in Legion Shaman, you have this this moment where you go to your class hall, 
and you meet up with uh, our, our wonderful little uh, Rhaegar Earth Fury, who is one of my favorite NPCs, who takes you to Pandaria to submit to a trial under Zuen to prove that you are worthy to wield this ultimate item. And this is what I started, like, this is what keyed me off in our earlier discussion here, is that Amon Thule, if he's setting all this up as trials, if every he knows what's going on. This is the Father of the Titans. Then this makes a certain amount of sense. He knows that eventually you're going to have to prove your worthiness to this, that there's going to be these tests, and these are going to be required items to fight back the Legion. And I think that's absolutely ridiculously cool. Because the Legion is coming. Because the Legion is coming. He knew from the beginning that the Legion was going to come. He knew that Sargeras had to be put down. And Guess who else this, knew that this the helps Legion... prove this. Guess who else knew that the Legion was coming? Rathion. And guess who we didn't really see in Warlords at all, but he definitely helped to get Garrosh to Warlords to get the Legion's attention. Yeah, Rathion. And does he get What's funny there? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. What's funny there, though, is that Rathion seems to be pursuing the same basic strategy of the Titans of lure them in before they're ready. And he may very well be doing that because he is essentially a product of the Titans. We created him with the Titan artifact. And we didn't know what that artifact did. We didn't know what that artifact did. We all we know is it created a perfect purified black dragon egg. Riastraza didn't even know what would happen. Um, we but, made it. Yeah, and what's really messed up about all of this too is is not just the the aspects and the dragon flights and Rathion are all showing up in Legion to some degree or another. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about Ysera. Uh at this point. Um, we're just going to throw spoilers for the end of Valshara. Just do it. Just do it. Basically, when when you're in Valshara, the Emerald Nightmare is coming. It's returned to the world. Uh, calling it the Emerald Nightmare is actually a lie at this point. It's just the nightmare. It's the nightmare. It's it's seeping through and, and invading the, the the druid stronghold and of Valshara. And for Al-Shara. people wondering, in the novel Storm Rage, they did deal with the nightmare, and there was this thing called the Nightmare War. However, at the end of the novel, it said that Malfurion was able to push the thing back and kind of... Um, enclose it in the rift of Alm within the emerald dream it's gotten back out again so that's the thing kind of like a resurgence at the end of 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 warlords um when you kill archimond Mm -hmm. in warlords he drops an item when you take that item to uh to malfurion you basically there's a lot of back and forth but he's concerned because that item is from the rift of Alm. it's not not a legion item no it's from the rift why does an, an arc demon have it he doesn't know, but that comes up because something the Legion has done has pushed the Nightmare out. And the thing is, the Nightmare has empowered a, a sadder lord named Xavius for a while. Uh, he was the Nightmare Lord in Stormrage. But before that, Xavius was directly changed into a satyr by Sargeras himself. He's been touched by both yeah. extensively. And it seems as if the Legion is using that connection via Xavius. They've basically brokered a deal with whatever's behind the Nightmare. And And thus, God, yeah, whatever it is, Xavius is doing its work and the Legion's work at the same time. He is serving two paymasters and that's unheard of. The Legion and the old gods don't get along Mm -mm. like this is the first time the Legion likes to call itself the ultimate destructive force. And the old gods like to sneer at that. Like they straight up say no force in the universe can make us bend our knee, not even the mighty Legion. But here they are. The nightmare is bursting through into Valshara. It's corrupting druids. It's destroying things. And at the end, um, when Malfurion confronts Xavius, he loses. 
He 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 loses that fight. He is not ready for Xavius, who's empowered by both. He gets taken captive, and you're presented with a choice. And the person who's actually presented with the choice is Toronto Whisperwind, because uh, Xavius has corrupted Ysera, and he has Ysera at full power because she's you know completely controlled by the Nightmare. He sends her to destroy the original Temple of Elune in Valshara, the only standing Temple of Elune left, like because the, the one that existed before the uh, Sundering is gone. And this the is, one that's in the one that's in um, Teldrassil yeah. is one that was built after. Yeah, uh, it might have actually just, just be ruins they pulled up. I mean, the, 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 yeah. the, this is one of this is the last original standing Temple of Elune, and he sends Ysera to destroy it. And Tyrande has to choose: do I do I defend Elune? Or do I save my husband? And uh, she picks a loon. Mm-hmm. She leaves him there. And so you basically, you go to fight alongside Tyrande against Ysera. It's a, it's a heck of a fight for a first-person fight, too. And Ysera dies. You kill Ysera. This is the second aspect to die. <gasps> and this is the first Okay, I didn't die. know this. I gotta finish playing Valsher yeah. now, because I'm sitting here going, Technically, what? it's the third, isn't it? It's well, the, no, it's the second. We had, well, we had Malgos. We had Malgos, Malgos Deathwing, and then... Deathwing. Yeah, okay. It's technically the third, but it's the first one to die in the Age of Mortals. Fair, okay. It's the yeah. first one to die post Aspect. So it's there's not going to be another Aspect. There's not going to be another Ysera. There's nothing's going to replace her. Malgos died. There was an, a mechanism in place to replace him. There's no Aspect. There's nothing. The Green Dragon Flight exists in that the Green Dragons exist. But their head is gone, and she Which, won't be replaced. Yeah, that, that's also something interesting that I, I'll bring Did up. Did they say specifically done. that she wasn't going to be replaced? Well, they said specifically that, you know, this is her true death. Like, she's gone. Okay, so I'm wondering if there are mechanics in place to choose another one, or if those mechanics aren't going to... See, the thing is, is they had to get another blue dragonflight guy. Because like, they needed another aspect. They needed another aspect because the Hour of Twilight hadn't been dealt with yet. But now they don't. So... My question about that, though, is with the artifacts that are starting to come into Legion, like we know a lot of them that were given by the Titans to Watchers are presently on the Azeroth plane. Like the Hammer of Kazgaroth is still on this mortal plane. It's, yeah. it's in High Mountain and it comes into play involving the dragons as well um, in Legion. So, I mm-hmm. mean, I'm wondering if maybe the automated mechanics are no longer in place because the the whole aspect powers aren't a thing anymore, but they were empowered by Titans and Titan technology and Titan artifacts to begin with. Yeah, here's the thing, though. It's interesting, too. Another thing to think about. They were selected by a specific Titan Watcher. Mm-hmm. His name's Tyr. I've been to his tomb. Tyr was the one who empowered the dragon lights, the aspects to begin with. Yeah, Tyr. I've been to Tyr's tomb. Tyr went down fighting a, a, a monstrosity, a Chithraxi named Zarajag. I, I cannot, for the life of me, cannot pronounce this thing's name. <laughs> it's okay. That sounded really convincing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I cannot accept it. I got it. I, I did the, the warrior artifact quest, and one of the things you get you do is you find it in a tomb. Uh, it looks like a, an amalgamation of Vizax and the other two from, from uh, Cataclysm. Okay. All mushed together into one thing. It's, it's an like old a, god thing, in other words. Yeah. But it's got its sword right in its face, pinning it to the floor of the tomb. And you basically have to fight it just as it gets up. The sword is still in its face. You have to kind of get the sword to kill it because the sword's been stuck in its face for like 2,000 years. Wow. Yeah. So there's that fight. You do that. You get the sword. And yay, we won. And uh, okay, we're into spoilers. What the heck? King Thoradin is there with you. Well, his ghost. He's dead. Obviously. Okay. I was going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> 
King's Ordens was dead the whole time, but he helps you the whole time because he was the. It was his fault that the thing got loose. Oh. Like, it was trapped in the tomb. Tyr basically said, "I'm not letting this thing go any further," and he basically sacrificed itself himself to stop it. So, um, here's my question: this uh, this tomb, where is it located? Uh, it's in Tearsfall Glades. Is it right underneath where, like? You poured near in the coast, near the coast there, where the dragons do their little singing thing. You poured in in basically that area, except <gasps> it's been it's been dug up by the by the Twilight's hammer. Oh my gosh! So, um, the whispers that the blood elves heard, like when they were high elves and they came over from Kalimdor to the Eastern Kingdoms, the whispers that they heard along the coastlines. Is it possible it was the dude with the sword stuck in his face? I think the shadow priest quest goes into that because ah. also, it also goes to there i haven't okay. done the shadow priest one though i so need to go on. do that i need to go do that all right <laughs> we're tying a lot legion is tying a lot of these threads together which i really appreciate the only thing that's making me kind of anxious at this point is that we seem to be barreling full force towards this end game where the purpose of azeroth the purpose of azeroth's inhabitants every all of this is like rolling forward like a ball that we just can't stop right now and it's a boulder going downhill and i'm wondering what happens to the game after that boulder hits that is a good question because it's very hard to imagine topping this yeah well i mean eventually i think we're just going to wind up having to deal with the titans coming back and be like good job now get in your box we'll see now <laughs> taking you to other planets to release you like a virus to destroy the legion <laughs> <laughs> that that would actually be like once once we once we manage to deal with what's going on on Azeroth, all of a sudden we're unleashed and we get to travel to other planets. That would be fun. Also, I gotta say this, for having done those, the quest in Valshara, Ysera is ridiculously huge. Oh yeah. When you ride on her back, it's like... She's big. I, it feels like... You remember uh, doing Spine? It feels a little like Spine. I started getting very uncomfortable. Well, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. I mean, she's she was an aspect. She's, yeah. she's a giant. She's a giant. Um, so yeah, I, I think we should probably start wrapping it up here, but um, Rathion also makes an appearance in Legion, uh, yes. a very prolonged appearance. He shows up in High Mountain. Um, it kind of culminates. You get to, uh, what was that dungeon that we did? Neltharion's uh, Lair. Lair. Yeah. In Neltharion's Vault. In, in Neltharion's Lair, he's in that dungeon. Um, and that whole quest in the High Mountain Zone, you're trying to get the Hammer of Kazgaroth. Yeah. Um, that is one of the, I, I think it's considered one of the pillars of creation. You know what's that, funny? That we're so, after. What if the pillars you know, of creation were gotta, the five artifacts that were used to empower the aspects? Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, because this is important for Anne. Do uh, you remember how you talked about something a loon might be? Yes. The tier of a loon is a titan artifact. It's <laughs> one of the pillars of creation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one of when you finish the whole thing, you are given a tear of a loon because tear loon a loon weeps at the loss of Ysera, and you are given a tear. It's one uh, of her tears. Uh, yeah, and then you take it back to Cadgar, and he's see like, "A loon? Uh, I didn't see a loon, but there's a cinematic that didn't play. I don't <gasps> know if she shows up or not." Oh boy, are we going to find out whether or not she's a Naru? This is going to be really interesting. I honestly think it would be more likely she'd probably be a Titan construct, but Possibly. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, I, the only thing that I'm thinking is like a tear of a loon is used to defeat whatever. And then I'm thinking about like the heart of Muru using to pure using like they use that to purify the sun. Okay. Anyway, um, I guess we'll find out if that's going to be a thing or not. 
once we find that <laughs> cinematic, I need to bug Terry and Gregory. No, I don't. So <laughs> let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Um, it, as always, if you have any questions or any subjects you'd like us to discuss in future lore watches, you could feel free to email what podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Is that it? That's the one. Is yeah, it? podcast at blizzardwatch.com. And just be sure that you include lore watch in your um, subject line so that we know it's for this show and not the other regular show. Uh, otherwise, you can also leave a comment on Patreon if you want to. We do take stuff from there as well. And thank you to Connor for providing what was actually an hour of really entertaining conversation and speculation. And I have all kinds of things going on in my head now. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. But first... Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch, and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. We're about to have our one-year anniversary this week. I'm really excited about that. By the time this is released to the general public, it'll be, well, it'll be next weekend. So, yeah. It'll be after our anniversary, but we're really excited about it anyway. Thank you guys for your continued support, and we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. So, Joe, final thoughts? I really can't wait to see what's going to happen, in particular with Rathion and what he's doing up there. I love and him. <laughs> I love him very much, but I also want to know if my inkling is correct in the fact of why he's going for all these Titan artifacts. I want to know if I'm right. Uh, also... Uh, personal note, like Ann said, this is our one-year anniversary coming up. This is the best birthday gift I have ever received because we started on my birthday and we celebrated on my birthday. Yay! So I would like to thank every single one of our listeners, every single one of our Patreon supporters. I would especially like to thank Rossi and Ann for both bringing me along on this journey. And thank you for letting me indulge in my loreness because, oh, God, I love freaking We're so happy to have you along. <laughs> I'm nodding. Like I start <laughs> nodding, like you can hear me nod. <laughs> yup, yup. Okay, that's my Rossi. final thing. That's my Rossi, final, final thought. Nod. It's that, just I, nodding. It's me nodding at stuff, thinking this is really cool. I would like to see more of this. I want to know what this means. And God, I wish some of these cinematics were in the game. Because <laughs> it's like, what? What happened? What? The cinematic will happen. What? No, you mean what? Oh, there's the loon's tear. How did that get there, guys? Anybody? I'll just take this back to Cadgar then. Yeah, anytime I see a, a cinematic goes here moment, I'm like, I want to know what happens here because it's important. Yeah. And you always see the fallout, but you don't see the bit that actually happens. It's like, what what just happened here? I need to know. Anyway, know thanks happened. for listening as always, guys. And we will see you in two weeks for another Lore Watch. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.